and welcome back to the Disney World Today podcast. I am your ghost host for the day, Kevin Pope. Hope everyone's having a magical day, magical week. Hope everything's going good with you guys. We're back. Another episode. I'm ready to talk some Disney. I hope you guys are too. For all my returning listeners, you guys know the drill. You guys are the best. For my new listeners, this is how it goes. I pour a cup of coffee. I get in the zone. And we talk some Disney. <laughs> but seriously, thank you guys. I hope you enjoyed the show. Um, quick little intro and got to plug all the socials. If you haven't already, follow me on Instagram, Disney World Today. And if you can, wherever you're listening to this, hit that subscribe button. It's pretty simple. It takes like three seconds. I'll give you guys three seconds right now. Thank you very much for subscribing. I appreciate it. And if you're listening, especially on your iPhone right now, Apple Podcasts, check out my my podcast page, leave me a rating and a review, five stars would be greatly appreciated, and if you write me a review, I'll give you a shout out on the very next episode, plus I, you know, I really do love reading those, they make me feel good, they give me the, uh, you know, the confidence boost to keep going, to keep this podcast going, uh, you know, I, I do this Disney, Disney podcast for you guys, try to, uh, you know, give a voice to all, all of us, um, and, uh, you know, anything, any rating, any review, anything like that, I, I truly do appreciate it. And as always, you guys know, my DMs are always open. If you want to talk Disney, suggestions, ideas, questions, concerns, anything, hit me up. It doesn't even have to be about Disney. Just hit me up if you like talking. Um, DMs always open. Love talking with you guys. We had a fun episode last week. Last week's episode, we played the age-old game, Would You Rather? And we had some fun. Of course, it was Disney-themed. Uh, you guys sent in some great ones, as always. You know, one of the ones I've been thinking about since, um, the would you rather question was, would you rather go back in time and visit Disney or travel into the future and visit Disney? And that one's been kind of like messing with my brain because it's like I would love to go back and see Walt Disney World like on opening day or, you know, Epcot in the 80s. I would love to see it. And... Disney in the future, like, is anyone else, like, slightly, like, worried about what Disney's going to be like in the future? Like, I remember the last time I was at Six Flags, this was probably 10 or 11 years ago, I'm at Six Flags, we're standing in line, and, like, the paint was faded, and there was garbage everywhere, and I had this, like, weird, like, revelation, like, that if Disney ever got like that, I would be, like, mortified. Like, I don't I don't think it'll ever get, like, run down, right? I don't think so. Um, just sometimes, though, it does worry me a little bit, like, what direction uh, they're going in. But interesting question. What do you guys think? Um, I think I would still probably try to travel back in time and visit Walt Disney World. But the entire episode was a lot of fun. A bunch of would-you-rather questions. Uh, having to do with Disney rides and food and vacation and everything like that. If you haven't listened already, it's available everywhere where you listen to your podcast. And today, we're going to have some fun. We're doing a little Disney deep dive. I think this is only my second deep dive. The first one was, I think, with Test Track. Um, Probably back in maybe the fall, I think I did a deep dive into the Test Track attraction. This one we're going to be deep diving into Disney Springs. Why? Yeah, why not? You know, Disney Springs, downtown Disney, Pleasure Island. There's a lot to talk about. Um, I just felt like it would be, you know, 
kind of fun to, to dive right in. So um, I think that kind of does it for this intro. Let's get this episode started. Here we go. Your attention, please. The Walt Disney World Railroad now boarding for a scenic trip around the Magic Kingdom. Board. So let's talk about Disney Springs. I figured we can kind of start from the beginning, you know, the roots of what it was meant to be, what it originally was, all the changes it's gone through. It's, you know, if you're my age, I'm 31. So you've seen, you've seen quite a bit of changes at, uh, at Disney Springs, you know, my, and like people older than us, like my parents talk about Disney Springs and what it used to be like on their first uh, Disney vacation. They went they went for the first time like in the mid 80s so it was completely different um so we'll talk about the history of disney springs all the changes we'll talk about you know all the hotels around there we have the disney resort area we have the disney springs hotels you know we can talk about food entertainment you know everything that goes on with disney springs but let's roll back the clock let's go back to the history of disney springs now it opened in 1975, and it was originally called the Lake Bonavista Shopping Village. Now, this is only, what, four years after Disney World opened? So that that's pretty impressive to me, considering there had never been a theme park that had anything like this. Disneyland didn't have this. Um, none of the Six Flags parks, none of those old parks, like, none of them had a theme park with, like, a shopping village around, like... This was unheard of. This is uncharted territory. And this kind of goes to show you, like, what, four years after Disney World opens, like, how popular it had already become for the Disney company to say, hey, we have a lot of people vacationing here. This is, you know, pretty popular. Maybe we should build some sort of shopping village, like a shopping center for all the people that stay here. For You know, they can get groceries and pet supplies and all this stuff, you know, while they're here on vacation. Um, I think that's just so intriguing to me, like thinking back, like imagine going to Disney you know, in 1975 and it's like Disney has their own shopping center. Like that's crazy. Like to us now it's, it's nothing. It's, we're used to it. But back then, you know, people, people were probably pretty, uh, pretty pumped about that. It was, you know, originally imagined, uh, to, to kind of be like a, uh, you know, one of the articles I read, um, compared it to like a New England style, you know, town shopping center, like one of those, like you see in movies or maybe in real life, if you're from there, like, you know, the fishing, little fishing villages type thing. Um, they just wanted it to be like a small, quaint, I think is the word, relaxing shopping center. It originally had a pharmacy, groceries, um, a pet store, a wine cellar, and like a bunch of like crafts um, available, almost like a craft show, like people could bring you know, like local like craft tables and stuff and set up. So, you know, if you were staying at Disney, you could literally get everything. You know, you're going to who's going to Disney and uh, buying crafts from a crafts fair uh, back in you know the 70s. That's what you were doing, and uh, it changed names in 1977 to just the Walt Disney World Village, maybe to um, 
maybe to just kind of remind people that it is part of Disney. This is a Disney shopping center. Maybe Lake Bonavista confused some people. But yeah, you know, back then you only had the Magic Kingdom and this like shopping center. So people would probably spend a lot of time there, walk around, you know, bring your dog maybe. You know, they had a pet store, wine cellar. Obviously, you got to get some wine, you know, get some crafts. So that sounds like a pretty fun Saturday back in 1975. And, you know, when Michael Eisner took over in 1984, he's the one, um, you know, everyone, if you're listening, you probably know who Michael Eisner is. You know, when he became, you know, the head of the Disney company, his main goal was to expand increase popularity, increase, you know, um, like a presence. He wanted people to stay on Disney property as long as possible because what does that mean? That means that you're spending more money, you know, on Disney property. And, you know, for people to visit Disney, they were probably going off grounds to eat and pick up, you know, groceries and, and stuff like that. So when he took over in 84, that was his goal. He wanted a shopping center that provided food and entertainment that would keep guests, you know, on property longer. He wanted them, he wanted, you know, the Disney Village to be a place to be. Not somewhere you just stop and pick up, you know, some Advil from the pharmacy or, you know, a, a few groceries. He wanted to, you know, he wanted it to be you know, like must-see. That's why, you know, the entertainment thing kind of comes into play. And I think his background was like, he was from like ABC or, or another film company, so he kind of understood entertainment. Um, you know, in 1989, they changed the name to the Disney Village Marketplace. That uh, that marketplace name kind of stuck around uh, for a while. Um, you know, he uh, he kind of comes into play too with the whole idea and concept and building of Pleasure Island. This kind of circles back to his entertainment background and his idea of wanting to, you know, keep people on Disney property. And, I mean, the truth of the fact is he wanted to appeal to different crowds, too. You know, up until this time, Disney was pretty much only known as a family, you know, vacation park. A family park for, you know, parents and small kids. They really didn't market anything towards adults young teens, old teens, you know, just younger people, you know, it was mostly families and kids. That was pretty much it. And he wanted to change that. And that's where that idea for Pleasure Island came in. You know, he wanted something, you know, downtown Orlando had a famous like uh, nightclub district, I believe Church Street Station, I want to say. And he wanted something that could kind of compete with that. He wanted locals and, you know, teens and, you know, people in their young in their early 20s he wanted them if they're going to go to clubs you know why not at disney you know and i guess i should explain you know maybe for younger listeners or or you know if you never were at disney during that time what pleasure island exactly was it was the current disney springs layout um picture like cut in half you know how you have like uh the one side i think they call it the west side now i'm not sure i get i get confused though. but like the side that has like world of disney on it um that was always there uh, and like the newer side with like the newer higher end that looks like a shopping mall like picture like disney springs cut in half and one half was all like your normal disney stores and then on the other half was it was called pleasure island and it was basically a bunch of nightclubs clubs dance clubs nightclubs 
um, that were like legit nightclubs. Like you had to be of age, um, you know, drinking, dancing, live music, entertainment. So that's what Pleasure Island was um, at the time. And I'm pretty sure for a while there, at least towards the end of its run, um, you, so I think you could pay um, to kind of have access to all of the clubs at Pleasure Island, almost like um, to avoid paying like a cover fee to each one. I, I want to say it was like an add-on, like if you bought a park pass, you know how sometimes you get like a water park option. I'm pretty sure for a while there, there was like a Pleasure Island option where you could you know, get access to all the clubs there. But that's what Pleasure Island was. It was a bunch of clubs, nightclubs. Um, music clubs, and uh, we'll get into all of those more specifically in which ones a little later on. But just for our younger listeners, or if you never were at Disney at the time, you're like, what's Pleasure Island? Was it like an actual island? No, it's, you know, it was just the name of, you know, one half of Disney Springs. You know, so this is, you know, Michael Eisner, he wants to make some changes. He wants to be a little more edgy. Now, I think there's a story. I'm pretty sure... Um, he might even tell it himself that Michael Eisner took his son or one of his kids to Disney and they went to Epcot and um, his kid was like, yeah, this is kind of boring. And I think, I don't know if that's real, if that's a rumor. I've definitely heard that before and I thought it came right from him, like a story from him. Um, and that's what kind of, you know, pushed him towards being a little more edgy uh, you know, marketing towards teens and adults, like with the with the clubs and Pleasure Island, and you know, in, in movies and more, you know, um, uh, intellectual property in the park. So that's kind of where that you know stemmed from, at least according to the rumors I've heard or like the the interview that he did. You know, that's what he wanted to do, and that's what Pleasure Island was. You know, they uh, he announced it Pleasure Island in like 1986. Um, they began construction and then I didn't really know this until I was doing research. Pleasure Island opened the same exact day of, uh, Hollywood studios, MGM studios, which is pretty crazy. You know, um, it, but again, it kind of makes sense. You know, MGM studios was a, uh, at least at the time, it seemed like a more teen, um, marketed park, like, uh, maybe a little for the older crowd and he opened that the same day as Pleasure Island, but that's what Pleasure Island was. Uh, I, you know, I remember growing up, you know, you could walk around there. It wasn't like it was blocked off. Like we used to walk through there. It was, it was part of Disney Springs. And I remember seeing like the music and all the people in my entire life. Like once you get to a certain age, maybe 12, 13, 14, like I kept saying to myself and my buddy, Brian, like I cannot wait until we're 18. We could go to pleasure Island. Like I wanted to go to the clubs I wanted to go to the clubs at Disney. Like, that that's exactly what I wanted to do. And I think, like, by the time I was of age, like, everything was pretty much dying down already. It definitely wasn't in his heyday. And, you know, Pleasure Island closed in September of 2008. I turned 18 uh, in, in July of uh, 2008. So didn't really get much of a chance to go. Uh, and like I said, even at that time in late 2008, it was not the same. It was dead. Um, you know, there was one year, I want to say it was like 16, maybe 15 or 16. I'm there with my family and we're walking through Pleasure Island to get the other side to uh, the marketplace side. And they had some sort of, um, 
some sort of theme like that summer or that July was every night is New Year's Eve at Pleasure Island. So every night uh, at midnight, I think it was midnight, I, that would make sense. Maybe they did it earlier just because. Um, they would play like Auld Lang Sign. They'd have a countdown. They'd shoot off like fireworks and then people would just drink and go crazy. And I remember we cut through there right at that time once when I was like 15. I remember looking around and being like, yeah, this is it. This is where I want <laughs> This is where I want to be. Uh, my dad kind of looked at me like, yep, he's a man now. And my mom was like, let's hurry up and get out of here. But I remember walking through. It, it just seemed like a crazy party atmosphere, at least at that time still. But by the time I turned 18, it was almost closed. And all the clubs were closing. And if not all closed already, it was definitely a lot different. And I really do wish um, I could have experienced it you know, in its heyday because it has a cult following now. Let's talk about some of the clubs that were there. Um, definitely, if you're definitely if you're older than me, you probably know some of them because my mom talks about some of them. But you know, close to around my age, you probably remember some of them. There was Eight Tracks, a '70s and '80s themed dance club. That sounds that would kill right now. '70s and '80s music. I'd be in there, uh, sunglasses on at night, ready to go. Uh, there was the Adventures Club, maybe the most popular one. Uh, this was a like 1930s style British Explorers Club, um, like, and then the staff was a bunch of like comedy improv actors, and uh, that they were like part of the show experience pretty much. And you've probably heard of that one; it has a uh, a pretty big cult following. There was the Neon Armadillo, a country music uh, club, the BET Soundstage, a hip hop and R&B R&B dance club. Uh, there was the Comedy Warehouse, a uh, uh, improv comedy club. Mannequin's Dance Palace, a techno trance multi-story dance club. That sounds like a lot of fun again. Wow. Um, Fireworks Factory. There was Wind Horse Saloon, the Pleasure Island Jazz Company, the Rock and Roll Beach Club. And the uh, they also had like an outdoor stage where they would do some stuff too. And... If you go online, uh, back in the day, like they'd get some acts. Um, New Kids on the Block played there in 89. Johnny Cash played there in 1995. That blows my mind. NSYNC was there in 1995. Savage Garden, Christina Aguilera. Hootie and the Blowfish. The B-52 Sticks and Duran Duran. So they'd actually get some pretty big name acts to come out there and play. Um, a little different than, uh, you know, the, the stage at Epcot at World Showcase. I don't think you'd see Johnny Cash or NSYNC there, but pretty cool. Definitely wish I could have experienced some of those clubs. Like the, the popular ones, you know, even like me who was never actually in the clubs, the Adventures Club, I've heard of that one. I've, you know, I've seen enough like Disney, um, you know, there's like... Uh, merchandise like you see on like Etsy and other places that still kind of um, uh, talk about Adventures Club so that would have been cool to see that's the one my mom talks about but that was Pleasure Island it closed officially in 2008 you know when they decided to kind of go with a different direction they didn't want to you know have nightclubs there anymore and you know honestly it kind of lost its luster like nightclubs at Disney it sounds cool at first, like maybe in the 80s, early 90s, when it was more popular, that was the place to go. Uh, but obviously, times change, and, you know, they lost popularity, and, and people stopped going, and they decided to go a different direction and not want, you know, 
adult themed nightclubs in there in on Disney property. And even though um, Pleasure Island closed in 2008, it definitely doesn't feel like that. I bet like it feels like it closed like in the mid 2000s, more like 05, 06, but it technically closes in 2008. You know, it becomes um, it was Disney Village Marketplace from 1989 to 1997. They changed the name again. And then it's 1997 where it becomes Downtown Disney. And that's to this day what I still accidentally call it. You know, I think it was still called Downtown Disney at Disneyland up until recently. I think they're like tearing it down or, or redoing it or something, right? Um, but yeah, Downtown Disney, that was definitely um, the place to be. Like, even though Pleasure Island, Island was closed, there was a stretch there where uh, Downtown Disney... Like, I wanted to look cool walking around downtown Disney. Backwards hat, Penny Hardaway, Orlando Magic jersey. I thought it was so cool walking around there. Because um, they did, they still had, like, you know, a, a restaurants and, um, you know, places to eat that were, you know, weren't kid-themed. Um, but then they also had all the Disney stuff. Like, obviously, the World of Disney Store, that was... As a kid, even now, now it's amazing. But as a kid, back in the day, like, in the 90s and 2000s, like... Imagine all the stuffed animals that they had there. Like, that was the place to be to get all of your souvenirs. You know, my family, when we would go, um, I've talked about it, like, my whole family would go. There'd be nine of us. Me, my sister, my parents, and my grandpa, we would fly down. And my aunt, my two cousins, and my grandma would drive down. Um, because they had all, you know, they'd bring all their stuff. My grandma didn't want to fly. She was afraid of airplanes. So they would drive down. And every day... Uh, on our last Disney day, I was so jealous. I would, I think I even cried a couple of times because we would leave for the airport and we'd be at the airport. My dad would call my aunt to be like, okay, yeah, we, you know, we're, we made it to the airport. We're getting on the plane. And my aunt would be at, at downtown Disney. They would leave the hotel and make one last stop at downtown Disney to do some last minute shopping you know, I'm I'm sitting there getting ready to board a plane going back to Chicago. School's going to be starting while my aunt and my cousins are still, you know, shopping at downtown Disney. I used to get so jealous of that. Uh, and I know a lot of you guys still probably refer to it and call it downtown Disney too. But yeah, that it, it became downtown Disney in 97. It was kind of rebranded. Uh, they expanded it a little bit and they added the west side, which is still there today. That's where you see like the World of Disney store. I, I, again, I still get confused on which side is which, Marketplace, West Side, I, re I remember all of those. Um, but then they started to add, you know, like some more entertainment. They had um, the Cirque du Soleil. I don't know how to say it. Uh, I've never seen the show there, but obviously I've heard good things. Uh, it's pretty popular. They, they've had a show going on there since the late 90s now. Um, there was also, at the time, they had the Virgin Megastore, which was a giant I want to say two-story uh, music store. They had CDs, cassettes, records, I'm sure. But where I, what I remember about it being so cool, besides the fact it was huge, and they had every CD you'd ever dream of, is that they had these like listening stations where you know they had uh, it was on the wall and they had headphones built in. You could pick up any CD in the store, walk over and scan it, and listen to like. Um, samples of all of the songs on the CDs. Like that was mind-blowing technology to me in 1999 or whatever year. Um, and, and then the Virgin, you know, brand back then, 
you know, maybe even now, maybe I'm out of it, but back then it was a bigger name. Um, and then of course we cannot forget they added Disney quest to downtown Disney, which again, I believe was like added on later on as like an option. Um, you know, you like the water park option. I talked about like the pleasure Island option. They also had a Disney quest option. So, you know, you bought, bought your park pass. It came with, you know, an option. You could go to Disney quest and I think I was only in the, believe it or not, I was only in the Disney World Disney Quest once. Uh, we had one in Chicago. They brought one to downtown Chicago in the city. Um, my my mom and my aunt took us, all the kids there. And at the time, I remember it, it was amazing. It was multi-level, like high-tech video gaming, um, virtual reality, like all this cool stuff. And I remember they had like a Mighty Ducks, like, game they had like a buzz lightyear like bumper cars thing where you could like shoot like balls at other people like crazy cool stuff there like uh one of the more popular things at the time was you got to like design your own roller roller coaster and it was like a virtual reality like roller coaster simulator that was ahead of its time high tech like so much fun so you know we only did the disney world one once because we had one in chicago and you know, it's kind of like when you're in Disney, you kind of want to do the parks, right? You know, why, you know, we weren't going to waste a day at Disney Quest when we could do that at home. You know, we are in Disney, so we're going to do the parks. But they definitely had Disney Quest, which closed only a couple years ago. And, you know, people were pretty upset about it. Um, you know, and it was it was downtown Disney all the way up until, you know, they announced it was going to be transformed again to Disney Springs in like 2015. And, you know, they added, there was like the Planet Hollywood restaurant, which back in the day was super popular. They, again, they kind of rebranded that and it's, um, we ate, we ate there this summer. It's pretty cool. Um, they also had like the Rainforest Cafe, which is still there today as well. But like downtown Disney, you know, Disney Springs, I don't know which version I like the best, you know, Disney Springs is cool. They still kept a lot of the classic stores and like, you know, World of Disney is a big one, but uh, downtown Disney, just the, the stores and the nostalgia, like downtown Disney, they had a lot of stores where you could just kind of walk around and look like the magnet store. I think it was called like Magnetron. Um, and it just felt, it felt themed. It felt like you were like, you wouldn't see this anywhere else. Whereas like Disney Springs now, it kind of just reminds me of an outdoor mall, you know, on that side. Um, so, but they both have their, their pluses and their, their negatives about them, but that's pretty much the quick history, um, of the actual Disney Springs shopping center. Uh, tell me, let me know, uh, leave me a comment, DM, which version of, you know, Disney Springs you like the best, you know, downtown Disney, uh, do you have any memories of Pleasure Island or any of the, the marketplace in the Lake Buena Vista village? Let me know what you guys think. But Disney Springs today, um, it definitely kind of has like a more higher end feel to it. It looks like a higher end mall experience, which, yeah, you know, it, it's cool. You know, some of my places at Disney Springs today, you know, there's some stores I like. There's an Under Armour store. Um, there's a Stance store that makes some cool socks and uh, boxers and stuff. Um, what's that one? Uniqlo is a solid store you know, on that newer side. And then, of course, you know, you have obviously all the classics uh, in World of Disney and the Christmas uh, store there and the, um, even like that art store. Like, I, I don't know if I've ever bought anything from there, but they always have cool stuff to just like kind of look around. 
Uh, and obviously Goofy's Candy Company, another one that's been there for a while. Uh, I love looking around in. Um, you know, places to eat, too. It, ha- it has a lot. You know, it has um, places like Jock Lindsay's Hangar Bar and the Boathouse, two really solid places to go. Although I took my family to the Boathouse uh, on this last trip, and we we had terrible service and they messed up the food and it that's tough that's tough to get over when your first uh you know restaurant experience you've been talking it up uh and the waiter you know was not very attentive and our food took forever and then when he did bring the food like three of the uh steaks and burgers were like cooked wrong and like we didn't see him for like 10 minutes and then he comes back it's like oh how's the food it's like yeah we've been waiting uh you know that's not right but so that kind of was a letdown but we uh, we also had like Planet Hollywood, which I think is is pretty solid if you're into like the whole uh, loud music atmosphere to it. You know, I like the food. Um, you know, then there's uh, like quicker service. They they have the pizza place, uh, the barbecue place. I forget what that one's called. And um, Chicken Guy, which is solid, uh, really good chicken sandwich. Guy Fieri. They have all like the sauces and stuff. I love eating there as well. You know, and it's not a place. Uh, and, well, Gideon's. Gideon's for dessert is great. And they also have uh, Everglazed Donuts. So, you know, Gideon's has been... the. We had to wait in, like, a virtual queue to get there. And we weren't we weren't able to, you know, get into the store until, like, 10 o'clock at night. Uh, but the cookies were really good. You know, they're big. They're very rich. Like, it, it took me two days to finish it. Uh, and the iced coffee was really good as well. I think they... Just opened up a new ice cream place there, Salt salt and Straw, maybe? Uh, I've heard about that place. I think that's open there now, too. There's a uh, Sprinkles Cupcake place there. Uh, so, you know, you got a little bit of everything. You got your more kind of um, uh, fancier sit-down. You have casual. You have quick service. So a little bit of everything. They have, like, the food trucks there. So always a good time just kind of walking around Disney Springs, doing some shopping, doing some eating. You know, they have live entertainment pretty much everywhere you go. Um, They have like the band, like more like the kids stage by World of Disney. There's live entertainers by like the AMC movie theater. Uh, There's also, um, you know, the the Irish place there. I've never, Raglan Road, I think. Um, They've had uh, live music there too. So always something to do at Disney Springs. Uh, let me know what your favorite place to eat is, what you, your favorite place to shop is at. Uh, but also, since we're talking about Disney Springs, I wanted to talk about the Disney Springs area. Now, there's two different areas. There's the Walt Disney World Resort area, and then there's the Disney Springs Hotel. So first, let's go over the Disney Springs um, Resort area hotels. You know, there's obviously Saratoga Springs, uh, and then Port Orleans, uh, Riverside, and French Quarter. Now, both of uh, both of those resorts, or all three of them technically, all connect to uh, Disney Springs. You could take the boat um, from Port Orleans, uh, also Saratoga, but you could also walk from Saratoga. We stayed there this summer, and I gotta say, I loved walking to Disney to Disney Springs. I love walking in general. You know, it wasn't too bad once we found like the route we liked. Uh, our building was kind of closer to like the Disney golf course. And there's like a back path that you take, you kind of cut through like the golf course. There's a trail and it's all lighted and stuff. And it brings you, uh, and you enter like behind uh, Cirque du Soleil. Uh, and then you're right there. 
Uh, whereas like the first night we walked all the way around to like the marketplace side and it took like twice as long. We're like, Oh no, this is longer than we thought. Uh, but I think, I bet you we walked there three or four times. I loved it. Um, each time <laughs> probably walked back with, uh, some Gideon's cookies with us, but I loved that walks, uh, from Saratoga. I, I don't think you can walk from Port Orleans, but you can take a boat, which is cool along the Sasagula river. Um, Sasagula is a fun word and funny story. My aunt has a dog named Sasagula that we call Sassy. So everyone in my family loves the the, the little hidden Disney meanings when we name our pets. Um, but those are the three that are connected to it. You know, technically, uh, you're close to also you're close to Caribbean Beach and, uh, you know, Art of Animation and Pop Century are pretty close. But I don't think those are technically Disney Springs uh, resort areas. Um, but you know, staying at Saratoga, it's one of those perks, like it's a nice resort. And then you also get to walk to Disney Springs and boat if you want to, but it's always like part of the draw. Like when you stay in, stay at an Epcot resort area, hotel, uh, or magic kingdom, you know, you can walk or take the monorail at Epcot. You can walk or take the boat. Um, and so at Disney Springs, you can, uh, you know, walk from one of those resorts or take the boat. So pretty cool. And then also, you know, they're not talked about a lot at all are the Disney Springs hotels. We, my family, we always call that Hotel Boulevard. I don't know if that's actually what it's called anymore. Um, but it's that strip along Disney Springs that kind of takes you to the exit of Disney property, uh, where that, um, shopping center, uh, crossroads, I believe, which I think to Disney buy and they're going to tear down and turn into something. I think they did, or someone bought it, but, uh, that crossroads, we'd always go, there's like a pizza place in there, flippers. That was really good. There was like a Fuddruckers in there, a bunch of fast food. And you'd always see that late night, everyone, everyone, you know, coming back from the parks who uh, had a rental car, uh, stopping there to eat. But there's all those hotels along that strip that, you know, you don't really hear about because they're not technically Disney resorts. And I've stayed at two of them. I stayed at two of them, you know, maybe five or six years ago. And I got to say my experience there uh, was pretty much positive. You, you, you know, you got to know going in what you're, what you're paying for. It was, it's a cheaper price because you did, you don't get all those Disney extras. You don't get the Disney theming and the resort feel. It feels like a, it's a hotel. It's a standard hotel. Um, you do get some perks. Like we were able to, um, you know, take the bus to the parks. They have like a mirrors bus service that picks you up at your hotel and takes you and drop you, drops you off at the Disney parks for no extra fee. Which is which is really nice. Um, it's kind of hit or miss on the reliability, you know, because a lot of times they share, uh, you know, the hotel. So like we stayed at, I think it was Lake Buena Vista Palace, I think it was called, uh, and we had to share with like the three hotels that were next to us. So it kind of takes a while, but still, free transportation is pretty nice. But also, my trick was to just walk across to Disney Springs and, and get on a bus and find your way to a Disney park uh, that way. But the hotels along that strip, you know, I've heard good things. They're a lot cheaper. You'd still get a lot of the Disney perks. Like I said, the transportation. I believe even if you rent a car, you're able to park at the Disney parks for free um, because you're technically staying on Disney property. So those hotels I had to look up because I don't really know them uh, by name. I know one of them, and I think even like the one I stayed at, uh, had already changed names, but according to the DisneySpringsHotels.com website, there's a Double Tree Suites, there's a Holiday Inn, there's a Wyndham Garden, 
a Hilton and a B Resort, or a couple couple different Hiltons, and Drury Plaza Hotel. So I think the ones that I stayed at are the Lake Buena Vista Wyndham Garden. I'm pretty sure I stayed there. And I think I said at the Hilton Orlando Buena Vista Palace. Um, I don't remember which was which, but I think it was the garden one, which was really good. There's one that's literally kitty corner from like uh, Earl of Sandwich. So we were able to just walk out of our hotel, go up those um, stairs, cross the street, go down the stairs, and you're at you're at Disney Springs. So it's probably like a 15-minute walk. Like, I'm a fast walker, so it was like a 15-minute walk. I loved it. I walked to Royal Sandwich for breakfast, I think, three of the days that we were there. That one was probably my favorite. I don't remember what the other one, you know, one of them was the palace, one of them was the garden. And, you know, some of those hotels were original, like, when, like, the park opened. There were some hotels along that strip. In fact, like, the first one that my parents stayed at back in the day, in the 80s, uh, it was called the Grosvenor. Uh, and it was one of those, and uh, it was a Disney Springs hotel. And, you know, because back then there was only, like, th- what, Polynesian uh, and the Contemporary in Fort Wilderness. So they, you know, they stayed at the Grosvenor. And uh, when I stayed there, obviously it was a different name. I think it was the uh, Buena Vista Palace. It was uh, pretty cool. But those are those hotels, you know. If you're in a pinch, you're in a bind, you need to go to Disney on a budget or for a weekend or last minute, you, you're trying to save some money, that's probably your best bet. And it's uh, definitely worth looking into. You know, I talked about Disney Quest a little bit, and I just wanted to follow up um, before we move on. You know, it was replaced by the NBA experience. Now, I was able and lucky enough to experience this place um, as like a soft opening before it officially opened to the public and I, I got to preface it by saying I played college basketball. My sister did. My dad did. We're a sports family. I, I love basketball. I follow it. Bulls fan. So when I did it, I loved it. I absolutely loved it. I thought this was awesome. You know, I'm, I'm playing basketball at Disney World. This is amazing. And maybe one of the first things I said when we exited, I said, yeah, you know, I loved it. It was great. It was awesome. The casual Disney fan is not going to like this there's unless you're a basketball player or fan or your kids are there's really no reason for you to do it and it's such a niche group like i don't know if they're just trying to appeal to like all the aau teams and tournaments that come down there um or if it you know the nba just threw so much money at them they didn't care but i knew for sure it was not going to last i thought it would last a little longer you know than it did because it especially if you're a kid you don't have to be a big basketball fan. You probably, you know, you play basketball in gym class and you kind of play with your friends. So you could go in there and they have a bunch of stuff for kids. Like, it's cool. But the um, replay value of it, you you know, you're probably not going to do it more than once. So, uh, you know, it was a tough spot. Again, like, I loved it. I thought it was cool. I was throwing down some dunks and shooting some hoops, like, on Disney property. Like, that's amazing to me. That's what I've always dreamed of. But the casual fan, you know, or maybe they're not a fan at all, they're either never going to do it or they're going to do it once for their kids and never do it again. So just, you know, craziness. Um, kind of had a feeling it wasn't going to last, and we'll see what uh, ends up going there, and hopefully it's a little better turnout. Of course, I had to get your guys' input on this episode, as I always do. I put up a story on my Instagram asking you guys what is or was your favorite part of Disney Springs? 
all time, past or present, uh, in downtown Disney, Disney Springs, whatever you like about it, food, entertainment, experience, uh, why don't you guys let me know. So let's start us off with 72 Grand Torino, gave us two of them, Ragland Road, Breakfast and Irish Dancing, and Taking My Daughter to the Bibbidi Bobbidi Boutique. Now, Ragland Road, yep, that's the Irish place. Uh, it's across from Gideon's. I remember I was standing in line um, listening to the music. They're playing some bangers for sure. And the Bibbidi Bobbidi Boutique, I know, is popular um, for um, little kids. Uh, Disney 24-7 says Black Tap uh, in Anaheim. I'm guessing that's a restaurant. Uh, I don't know if that's still there. Um, Our Baker 4878 said Dessert. Yep, plenty of dessert options there. Gregory 89 says, I miss the McDonald's. Now, I had to rack my brain with this one. I actually forgot that there was an actual you know, McDonald's uh, at Downtown Disney. It was on like the Marketplace side. They had like this cool, um, well, they had like the yellow arch out front. They had like this cool kind of like tower, like a uh, clock tower almost. Uh, and it, I just remember the inside was so cool. They had like these giant statues and stuff. But yeah, totally forgot about the McDonald's that was there. CWP LAX25 said the Void Star Wars experience. I never got to do that. I don't know if that's still there. But that's like uh, that virtual reality thing. My friend did it and said it was amazing. So I would have loved to try that. Carter Ivy said Morimoto Asia for sure. Again, I've heard good places uh, about that restaurant. I have yet to um, eat there. Farmer Rich 27 says the NBA experience. All right, so someone else who enjoyed the NBA experience, probably a, a, a big basketball fan like I am. You know, like I said, like I loved it. If you're a basketball fan, it was really cool. I got to kind of, you know, show off in front of my fiance and, you know, do some dunks and, you know, try to show off in front of everyone there. So I was definitely digging it. Um, although, probably a good chance of injury there because, like, I'm on vacation. I have I've been eating Mickey waffles for you know a week, you know just walk around the parks and then I'm trying to dunk and jump as high as I can. So um, I'm kind of lucky I didn't hurt myself there. Yensid81 says the Adventurers Club. Yep, that's uh, uh, Pleasure Island. Another fan there, probably around my age. Jay Bernard12 said the Margarita Stand. Uh, yeah, the Margarita Stand is a very popular one. Uh, people go out of their way to get some some drinks from there. Sib55 or SLB55 uh, said the Lego store. Yeah, the Lego store, very cool. Um, they always have those awesome like Lego statues outside, which just blows my mind how someone can like, physically make those. It's pretty cool. Allie Wolfson said, everything, I miss it so much. Do you miss Disney Springs because you're not there? Or do you just miss downtown Disney and like what it used to be? That's a good, that's, uh, I need a follow-up. Me Lilo 29 I hope I read that one right uh, said Disney Quest in all capitals I'm, there's going to be a lot of Disney Quest ones I'm guessing you know, um, big cult following um, it was around you know a while it was fun you know when I was a kid it was great I could see how it kind of drifted off because like the technology just wasn't there anymore you know we could play games on our phones and PS5s and stuff so it's kind of hard for like a place like Disney Quest to kind of keep up with the times and the technology. Annie Carner says, World of Disney, the greatest Disney store. Uh, love shopping there. Always get my souvenir coffee mug from there. Emmy Belvin says, Shopping. Yeah, plenty of shopping to do there. 
Mrs. Stacy Fornis says the Gnashri uh, Patisserie. I don't know how to read that one. I'm sorry. World of Disney and the Christmas Store. All solid ones. This next one is from J.A. Brody, 1990. Disney Quest or La Nuba? Yep, Disney Quest, La Nuba. That's the Cirque du Soleil. That's, I forgot what that, that, that's what it was called. I think there's like different versions, maybe. Uh, I'm not too sure. Under a Tooth said Disney Quest in the early 2000s. Yes, okay. Thank you for putting the timestamp there because... Disney Quest in the early 2000s and Disney Quest towards the end are two totally different places. Uh, Olivia Runs the World says Homecoming. Uh, Cursed P33 uh, said Miss It actually being called Downtown Disney. Yeah, you know what? We still call it that. Um, <laughs> it's one of those, it's just never going to leave my mind. It just fits so perfectly. Uh, and she also said Earl of Sandwich, always so good. I, did I forget to name Earl, one of my favorite places to eat. I, I posted on Instagram today. I, I signed up for Earl Sandwich coupons. I got an email today. It was like two sandwiches for 12 bucks, and I posted it on my uh, my Disney page. So hopefully someone used that and got a, a good deal out of it. Sean Riker said, I love eating Blaze Pizza on their deck by the water. Yes, Blaze Pizza. Make your own pizza. You know, you can make it healthy if you want. You know, I get the little chicken Alfredo pizza. That's what I do there. Uh, enjoy the view there. AGLA France 16 says Disney Quest hands down. Going to be a lot of those. Juicy Dubs said Co-op Store is a hidden gem. I love the Co-op Store. Yes, that's a good one. Always have great souvenirs there. Um, it just reminded me, I think that's the same building. It used to be like the Disney Sports Store. Again, my youth, my, that was my favorite store. They just had, you know, sports stuff in there. That was my favorite. Um... Hannah Mraz said that green Lego dragon. Yes, when I when uh, when one of you guys said the Lego store, the first thing that popped in my head was the uh, Lego dragon. Darth Dagan said drinks at the boathouse. I'd like to go back there just for drinks. You know, we went there with the big family, um, just got some good food. So I'd like to go back there and just have some drinks. That one in uh, Jock Lindsay's. Adventurers of Max and Greg, what up? Uh, Lego store followed by Jock Lindsay's hangar bar. All right. Look at that. I didn't even read ahead. That's uh, pretty cool. We should get some drinks there uh, one day. Uh, this one from Liz H. Wade says, Gideon's. Yep, it's so solid. I, you know what? I want to try the cake, though. I had the cookies a few times and the iced coffee, and every time I went, the slice of cake that I wanted was sold out. So I definitely got to get me some cake. Mr. Tom Morrow, another solid follow on Instagram, Mr. Tom Morrow. Disney Quest, RIP. But currently, it's the boathouse. Yep, the boathouse gets a lot of love. Uh, my dog Tilly agrees. This next one from PBANOS. Deluxe Burger, Putin, and seeing what's new in the stores. Yeah, I love going there because since I only go once a year, pretty much every time I go there's something uh, new in the stores, so I love doing that as well. Amanda DeSanto says, Giardelli Sundays. Okay, I gotta say, my family... Every time we go there and go past the Giardelli store, we would always go inside to get a free sample of chocolate and walk straight out without buying anything. Like that was like our little snack was getting that little piece of chocolate, but they do have good Sundays, definitely. Uh, Pingy11 says the old Wolfgang puck that was upstairs where I proposed to my wife 14 years this year. Wow, so 14 years, congratulations. Uh, what a great way to propose Wolfgang puck. That always smelled so good. And uh, the old one that was, uh, I remember exactly where that was, so that's pretty cool. This one from 
hipster insta gideons and that's it too crowded for me to enjoy anything else get in and get out that's pretty much my plan when we go to world of disney you know we we make up a a time and a place like okay we get uh 45 minutes we're meeting here be there or you're, or you're getting left behind you gotta have a plan when you go there pretty much disney springs in general gets pretty packed nowadays which kind of sucks actually it gets way too crowded uh, this one from Olivia Seaver. I know it's lame, but World of Disney, definitely not lame. You know, I love getting my souvenir coffee mugs there. I love getting all my souvenirs in general from there. You know, Sometimes I kind of wait to buy anything until we go to uh, World of Disney you know, so I can get it, you know, pretty much everything in one place. This next one is from Mikey Curls 13 Boathouse with a bunch of tongue emojis. Yep, good food, good drinks. Uh, definitely got to go back there. Uh, Clan McLaren said Ragland Road Irish Pub. See, I, I'm not huge into Irish food, uh, but I guess if you want to have a good time and get some drinks, that's a solid place to go. Sean27 said Cirque de Soleil. I feel like you guys are just making me try to say that as many times as possible. Uh, it's CJ said the Lego store. Yeah, again, like Legos, just seeing like all those statues and stuff is pretty cool. And you know, when I was a kid, they had like these like little areas where you can kind of like set up Legos uh, out in front. And I think for our last one, we're going to go with RJ in the parks. Um, he said Max and Cheese food trucks. I think that's the, they have like those food trucks kind of by like the hot air balloon there. And I got some, I think it was chili Mac and cheese there. That was bomb. Uh, so good. Uh, some chili Mac and cheese, baby. RJ in the parks will get that, uh, that reference. But that's our last one. Thank you guys for sending in all of your suggestions, your ideas. Uh, I love reading them. Uh, like I always say, we all pretty much think the same. There's always uh, always some that I forget, too, and I leave out. And I'm, I'm like you know, hitting myself. Like, wow, how could I forget that? So thank you guys, as always, uh, for, for participating. And that's pretty much all I've got uh, for this episode. A, a little Disney deep dive on Disney Springs. You know, not a crazy amount to dive into. Um, it always intrigued me about, like, the classic, you know, like, Lake Bonavista Village and what it what it originally was and how they just pretty much wanted it to be, like, a town center, like your small town center, you know, that's got uh, the mom and pop shops, like the, the pharmacy, the corner store, you know, stuff like that. So it's pretty cool to see, like, where it started and what it's really become, you know, an enter- entertainment uh, complex pretty much and one thing before like completely ending the episode and the topic what do you guys think about you know they Disney Springs is the place on Disney property the one place where you don't have to be staying on Disney property to you know gain access to you know I guess technically the resorts you don't have to be staying there um, but you have to show some sort of proof to get in but Disney Springs, you can just be a local, you know, Orlando person and just go there for shopping, for eating, to hang out. It's kind of weird when you think of it, right? Like, Disney, like, went out of their way to create this huge Disney bubble. And you have to have a magic band, you have to be staying on property to, to show proof and to get in anywhere. You know, sometimes I'm staying at, uh, you know, Saratoga Springs and I can't get into the Contemporary because I'm not staying at the Contemporary. So... Disney Springs, do you think it'll ever be for Disney Resort guests only? Now, 
my gut says no just because there's more money in just keeping it open to locals as well but you know if you really do want to create a disney bubble wouldn't you make it for disney resort guests only you know you know one reason they maybe would do it would be like for security reasons especially in recent years but i just feel like the money would never let them do that they would probably they probably have the figures on how much money they make and how many and how many of them are you know non resort guests but it would be cool i would feel a little more comfortable it'd be less crowded if i knew it was only disney resort guests there or something like that disney resort guests plus annual pass holders or or something like that it's just weird to me like here's this big disney bubble magic bands all the time and a shopping center where you could just you know, stroll in whenever you want. It's a little weird to me. Um, let me know what you guys think. But that's all I got for this episode. As always, thank you guys for listening. If you haven't already, follow me on Instagram, Disney World Today. And again, if you can, please, please, please leave me a rating and a review. Um, even if you hit that sub button, it helps the algorithm. I'm just trying to get as many listens and ears on this podcast as possible. You know, I feel like. Um, I have some good Disney opinions. You guys have good Disney opinions, and I want this to be the outlet where you can, you know, get your voices heard. Like any suggestions, opinions, you know, questions, suggestions for episode topics, anything. Uh, shoot me a DM on Instagram, um, and if you can, you know, leave me a review. I'll give you a shout out. Rating would be cool, and a subscribe would definitely help as well. Already working on next week's. I, uh, you know, sat down and actually tried to plan out the uh, podcast schedule. So I have the next few weeks coming up pretty booked. Going to have my first guest on within the next couple weeks. So that should be fun as well. So stay tuned. I'll be posting updates uh, this episode. If you're listening, uh, happy Friday. Have a good weekend. And always remember, it all started with a mouse. (laughs) 